0: on my it's a Sweat Equity Podcast. I'm your host, Law Smith. Uh, this one is another episode where we did it. Um, we did this over Google Hangout, so there might be a little bit of delays with our guest, our guest, our guest, our guest, Elizabeth Dukes. She's the co-founder of iOffice, which basically is like trying to find all the efficiencies of having a large office. Um you know, it's pretty interesting the way offices are set up and whether it's used correctly. If you're listening to this at work, like you're on Excel right now, you're doing some crazy Excel formulas and you're staring over your your computer monitor and you're looking at that office manager and you're like, is she doing her job correctly? Or you're looking at your boss. It's like, is she doing her job correctly? See, I made them both women in that scenario. Huh? Not sexist. Here's the thing. Um, It was a really interesting conversation. Uh, her PR person hit us up and said, hey, I think she'd be great on uh, your podcast. So I was like, hmm, that's cool. That's neat. Let's try it. Let's see how it goes. I knew nothing about her except for uh, what I kind of was sent and looked up beforehand and you know, we had an interesting talk and they, this company, <laughs> I didn't realize how big it was until after we got off the podcast, but it's like an enterprise level, uh, business to business company, which means it's, you know, there's like some of their, one of their clients is Under Armour. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I kind of live in those, that kind of clothes in, in, uh, in the Tampa heat. So I, you know, this, uh, th- we'll see if this is interesting. You tell me if you like it. Or if you hate it, email me or put it in the comments of whatever social media outlet you find it on at law at works. that's L-A-W at T-O-C-O-W-O-R-K-S dot com. Feel free to talk shit to me like some of my best friends do. Um, Other than that, just check it out. I really appreciate everybody listening. Uh, That's been great. Uh, Feedback's been awesome. Um... Send some guest requests, throw it out there, hit it up, go on iTunes right now, hit subscribe, rate us five stars, give a review that's like a sentence long, and that can be your contribution to the podcast. That's all we ask. We're not asking you for any cash, no premium episodes yet. Who knows? We're, we're looking at some, doing some live shows maybe uh, in the future, or maybe some, uh, what I really want to do is a panel. A live panel where people can, we can make it an event and people can like, uh, we do it like Facebook live and people can, add, I'll bring in some, uh, some like badass specialists in their field. I've been talking to Nick snap. If you go back a few episodes, he's a productivity expert and my attorney, uh, Stephen Fantetti, who, uh, focuses on business legal issues. And so I want to do a live panel where people can, ask questions on the fly and we have to answer them so i think that'd be fun little interaction um maybe the only non-annoying facebook live notification you get so that would be interesting anyway enjoy this episode tell me how you feel
1: Thank you, Kenton. Yeah, that was
0: weird. That was what serious. was that? I don't know, I guess we had to restart Chrome
1: Sorry. Oh, I guess I should have shut it all the way down. Woo. Sorry yeah,
0: about that. It's all good. I'm just checking all this, making sure I sound okay. Let me double check my stuff. And you can hear me all right, so that's good. All yep. Right. Um, someone messed with my mixer over here to my right. I've, you know what? I've never had, I've never had a video conference ever start on time. Like I've never, it's always been, it's always something like this. It's always something like we just, you know, it, it's always like, Oh, I got to download this plugin for whatever, go to meeting or, uh, or Google hangout or any at join.me or any of these things. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you do a lot of, uh, it sounds like you were saying before we, we fixed the tech problems that you, uh, you do a lot of video conference stuff. Yeah, I do.
1: We do online meetings all the time and you know, there's 10 minutes of getting everybody on and can they see your screen? Or if you go to a customer,
0: it's just getting on the Wi-Fi. It's always something. Well, in the entrepreneurial mind of my, like, I'm like, well, we should be able to make something better. You know, like that's, uh, that seems doable, but who knows? I'm sure there's so much involved in the intricacies of doing video conferencing that I'm just being a, a dumb American about. Just like someone should figure someone this out. Make, someone should make something happen. That's kind of, that's my stoner idea, yeah. kind of thing. That's what separates like entrepreneurs with with uh, people that just have ideas. It's like like ideas are pretty easy to come by and then it's like execution's a
1: whole different thing,
0: right? Someone should, someone should do that shit. I don't know. So look, we're just rolling right in. We're in it. We're in the podcast. I'll cut it up. Uh, There's no, like, I don't like to do the radio voice. Like, Hey, Hey, we're here with uh, Elizabeth Dukes. You know, like this, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a casual conversation just about, you know, the podcast is kind of about uh, you wanted to be where you're at right now as I, I don't know the precise title cause I have your, your PR company sent me a, a bio sheet, but I'm looking online. I, it looks like CEO of iOffice, but maybe that definitely founder.
1: I'm a co-founder. I'm not the CEO.
0: Okay. So what is your role with iOffice and what is it? Uh, what is iOffice?
1: <laughs> well, my role is um, primarily focused on marketing and business development and strategic planning in the company. Um, Mm -hmm. iOffice is a workplace management system. It's uh, provided in a cloud solution. And basically what it does in, in very simple terms is it manages all of the back office stuff that go on to make an office environment pleasant and clean and functional. So when you show up, you're not thinking about um, whether the garbage is empty or the temp's correct or you have a conference room or a meeting room it's all just there and provided and managed for you so it's doing all that back office stuff
0: so it's 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 um it's trying to automate some of the stuff you would used to hire an office manager for uh, well i mean you
1: still have to have people in the equation sure. but what it's doing is it's um, managing a workspace is involves multiple data points, multiple different environments. And it, it involves managing what your floor plans look like. It involves managing where people are located in the facility. It's been involves managing assets that are in the space. It involves um, servicing that space, you know, mundane requests, like I'm hot or cold all the way to um, your mechanical equipment. Your HVAC machine is overheating um, and all of that has to be captured, tracked and reported on. And what our software does is allow you to do that in one place. So the person that's coordinating that office manager or that workspace leader, facility manager has one application to go to, to manage all these various and sundry things and can he report and do everything in one spot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is a huge time suck as someone who, uh, you know, it was running a business and has a small office. It's one of those things where it's like, I've got a whole separate task. I use a Zendu as my task manager app. And mm-hmm. I have a whole, a whole like punch list yes. of recurring exactly. things. We don't, if we had more people in this office, I would definitely need something like I office, Cause it's one of those things where it's like, well, we, you know, we don't need a, a comment box <laughs> yeah. put slips in and you notes just- and, Yell this, it out. <laughs> yeah, this be compartmentalized over here. And you know, i we'll get to it whoever's delegating some of this stuff or whoever's doing some of these tasks. So I what I found interesting, I was looking online, I was trying to figure what exactly it was, and it it looked like a lot was uh on layouts, like a lot was office yeah. layouts. And I'm I'm kind of intrigued by that because I like the psychology aspect of How do you lay out your office or workspace, uh, and how does that affect productivity?
1: Exactly. Well, to be clear, um, we don't give guidance to companies on how to lay out their workspace. That's for an interior designer and and people that are doing that kind of work. What we're doing is allowing you to visualize it once you've designed it um, uh, graphically online so that you can accomplish several things. In today's working environment, um, uh, people want to see how their spaces are laid out, where specific spaces are, like, you know, where's a quiet room or a workstation or an office or a social room or a conference room. They want to be able to visualize that. They want to be able to see real time where people are in that space, which is a transition from the past. It used to be Elizabeth Dukes is assigned to room one, two, three, and she's always going to be in that office. Today. And um, there are technology tools that allow us to pull in data to show me wherever I am in the space, whether that is I've checked into a room kiosk or I have, you know, have an iBeacon active on my phone that's capturing my data and saying that Elizabeth Dukes is in this space. So um, it, it serves a couple of purposes um, for the, the worker who's engaging a workspace. It allows you to say, hey, there's Elizabeth. I work with her. I want to find her. We've got to, you know. Collaborate on something, uh, or I've got to find a meeting that I'm showing up to this building for for the day. So you can go on a kiosk, you can look on your mobile phone, and our technology allows you to do all that. Um, the other side of it is from the business perspective, the leader of the company wants to know how my space is used because real estate's a serious high dollar cost, and they want to be able to control that cost. Um, so they want to make sure that the space they're providing is being used. And so Uh, that transition has been perpetuated by the fact that people are mobile now. So they're not necessarily sitting at a desk. They're not only mobile inside of their office, but they might not even be in the office. Um, So the dynamics of the workspace have changed, and people want to understand how they use that space and what the best use of that space is um, to encourage people to want to come there. So our software helps give them that type of information
0: it's it's like what's our utilization rate on our square footage what are we exactly. getting what are we getting out of this And i talk about i just uh had a breakfast meeting this morning i was catching up with a buddy of mine and we were talking about you know hr's a super underrated um under i, I was i was i, I was, we were talking about branding and it's kind of uh you know i cuss on this so i don't know if you're if that's cool with you but you're marketing i'm going to okay. guess you've heard I am just saying the, the word branding's fucked out the term, like it's an elastic term. It could mean a lot of different things. Same with marketing. It's like, what does that really mean? And mm-hmm. so I, I was breaking down uh, branding and I, I was like, I've kind of developed my own theory on how to look at it kind of simply. And it's like you have the visual sign, which is uh, your logo and all mm-hmm. that stuff, all the fonts, colors, mm-hmm. all the images, all those yep. things. Then you have, the messaging which breaks into two different parts you have the external messaging which is our company's about here our core values we're about collaboration communication mm-hmm. uh return on investment for clients and then uh, you have your workspace and then yeah and then you have the internal messaging and and this and this is where y'all's uh y'all service kind of plays into that because the mm-hmm. internal messaging is like oh they really care about trying to figure out what's the best situation for us. And I say that the best indicator that your employees are buying in and understand what the whole company is striving to do and reach, uh, reach these, these goals together is here's my litmus test. If you go out to a bar or, you know, you're out at a party or something and someone asks you where you work and you're not like, I just work at this place you're excited to talk about where you work. You're like, Oh, I, you know, you talk to someone at Facebook Mm -hmm. and they're like over the moon to talk about how they work at Facebook. And you're like, okay, pump the brakes. That's a little bit too much. That's almost a cult like thing. But for y'all it's in that I I was like, HR is this underrated cost. The human capital is super expensive. A lot of people are moving to freelancer model style if they can, because just the hiring people, people don't realize it's not just the salary. There's other aspects like the right. overhead of an office. And so that office expense does, does trickle down eventually. And so if you're like, Hey, we're trying to find new methods to be leaner in areas where, Oh, you know what? We don't even use these couple rooms. We should be using these for, uh, we should rent them out or we should be using them for other, Or we should be using
1: them differently. You know, maybe, maybe the group people that, if we want to encourage, so you, you talked about how people are moving to more freelance because the overhead and burden of having employees is tremendous. Um, well, I mean, that's a catch-22 because, um, you you know, I find the most inspiration and motivation through collaborating with my peers at work. I, I, I grow, I have better ideas. So if you're, desirous of of, of having people come together for the benefit of the company then you do have to create an environment that they want to come to that is well managed and identifies the culture identifies with the culture and with the brand of the organization and that should be something that you replicate throughout your organization you you know you can't have facebook's headquarters on the west coast look one way and then an office in austin be totally different and not identify with that brand it's got to be seamless
0: yeah, and a and, and,
1: and part of that is delivering technology tools that are standard across your enterprise. So if your employee needs something, they're using the same app in San Francisco as they are in Austin.
0: So what's the sweet spot for, um, who's, who's like the main user of iOffice? Is it?
1: Well, the primary user would be the facility manager, they have all different kinds of terms now, workspace leader, occupancy planner, um, uh, corporate real estate, uh, corporate services, those, those are the folks that are really using the tool on a daily basis. It's, you know, minimized at the bottom of their screen or active on their screen every day. Now, mm-hmm. the the purpose of the application is not just to service them, though. We want it to be a tool for the worker. So. If they walk into the office, they and they're looking for law. They can ping law's name on a people finder, and it's going to say, "Here's where he's sitting today." Or um, if they uh, want to check into a space and they're going to be sitting in this workstation, um, they you know can check in on the fly, or they can reserve it in advance, or they can request services. But it's all through the same sort of interface.
0: What, what if I, what if I don't want to be found? <laughs> Is that like? Uh, well,
1: that's a that's a whole different conversation. That's. A, I don't. I
0: don't want to uh, have a load jack on me. Is it like? Is it through the phone or is it like an Outback Steakhouse? Like, hey, we'll hit song. you up. <laughs> we'll hit you up when you're ready. You know, yeah. when, when yeah. your table's ready.
1: It's more about when this when you're in the the space. It's not tracking you if you're working at home or at Starbucks or at Outback. Um, it and and really identifying you in the workspace is really more about culturally. Some companies are more inclined to um, ask you to adopt. You know, say uh, you can turn on my Bluetooth, and if I have they have iBeacon technology, it's going to capture that you're you're passing by. So there's this whole conversation about active or passive. Do you want people to have to actively tell you that they're somewhere, or do you want them to you be able to passively capture that occupancy? Um, and that's a whole cultural decision. And our approach is we can set up whatever technology makes sense for your particular environment however our number one recommendation if you're wanting to really understand how space is used is start with data you already pull in you already have capturing that you're already capturing and um, what most companies already have is badging systems so if you're walking into the building you're badged in for the day for security purposes instead of Figuring out exactly where you are in that space, you can pull in that data to say, this is how many people came into this building today, and here's what department or cost center they're associated with. So this is where this group is allocated on the space. So you get not a specific understanding of how space is used, but you have a general idea of who's there and where they're in the
0: space. So I got a lot of questions on that, but I want to get to you personally. Uh, so we, we talk about like how people got from, uh, you know, doing, a, doing the, the job they don't want to do to, to founding a company that they're excited about. Uh, tell me about that kind of story. And, uh, you, know, you don't have well, to like go well, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I
1: understand. Well, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't even, it wasn't anything that I thought about or planned my partner, the CEO of the company, Don Trowick, and I, we'd worked together for about 10 years, a big corporation, totally burned out of that environment. No room for growth, no room for success. You know, you achieve your goals, and then they raise the bar. So anyway, we said, and we're out of here. We started doing research, and we ended up at this company um, that wanted to be a uh, sort of a a warehouse facility for um, imaging. They wanted to do that on a a production scale where they would take your documents and they would image and OCR these and and, um, index them online. Well, that, we said that was not, nobody's going to ever spend the money to go back. They might go forward, but they're not going to go back. And um, we had this idea that they had all these great Development resource, these engineers. Um, and m- many of the customers that we serviced in our previous job desperately needed technology. We were doing everything with spreadsheets. We were always thirty days behind. We could never demonstrate to our customers that we were, you know um, improving, you know, saving money, increasing performance, whatever. Um, so we had this idea to create this technology. And we started out, with the concept of all these different service elements in a company need the same thing. They need to know who you are and where you are in order to provide service, whether that is delivering a piece of mail, um, checking in a visitor and contacting you, um, understanding where you sit in the space and how to allocate that cost back to that department, um, You know, providing service to you, locating a printer, whatever it is, they all needed to know that, that information and they all needed to be able to track it centrally. So we started out with what we already knew primarily, which was mail tracking, accountable mail tracking, package tracking, and delivery in a large corporation, um, centralized copy center management. And we started just going out to all of our customers and saying, Hey, what do you think about this? What do you, you know, we're we're gonna put this on the cloud and this is gonna make this just really easy for you to manage in one spot. And people can go online and they can check status and they can submit a copy job, and you can do this all very seamlessly, you don't have to install it on your network, you don't have to have your IT support it, and so we kind of just sort of threw it out there. Hey, what do you think? And we had um, a customer bite, um, and, and it actually it was Enron of all people, because um, <laughs> uh, they had been a big customer of ours, and we had a great relationship with the whole CRE
0: facilities thing. And you y'all, y- y- y'all are in Houston?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So that, that makes sense. So we're talking like what, uh, late nineties or Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Early nineties,
0: early Uh, nineties. Okay. We founded the
1: company in 92. So, and Enron went bankrupt right after, right before that. Anyway, something, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, so they were like, great, yeah, this is cool, and they spend money, and they like new ideas, and they want technology, so we're like, what about this, what about this, so it was a great environment, a a great incubator for our idea, because they brought a bunch more ideas to the table, and we,
0: they're like, can you track all the shredding trucks we have, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) we're going to really need a low jack on those. (laughs)
1: yeah But the thing is we were tracking all the visitors in and out of the building, and we were tracking all the moves inside of the, the building and and how all those occupants were allocated. So because we had all that data, that was part of the bankruptcy because they wanted to know, they wanted to see where all these you know big wigs had assigned themselves and allocated themselves and what visitors they had come to the building. So when they filed for bankruptcy, we were behind the bankruptcy wall, so we continued to get paid. And then um, just, it went from there. We just kept you know, plugging away, knocking on doors, but really the thing that kind of lifted us up off the ground and turned us into a company that had a potential life was we sold um, the uh, solution to a company called, I- at the time, was called Icon Management Services, who was a direct competitor of our previous employer, Pitney Bowes Management Services. And they needed a technology platform to provide outsourced managed services, so they wanted to use us. And so we didn't have to directly knock on doors anymore. That was way before the time of internet marketing and all that stuff. So they were our channel partner. They did all the sales, and we just sat back and supported them.
0: Okay, so kind so, how it started. Yeah, I mean it's just like a, a lot of businesses start. You you find a need, and you go, hey, we can we can figure out how to do this, and uh
1: there was no business plan it, right. it was just just that we i know my husband's like no you got to have a business plan i'm paying you to go work we got to pay for childcare you're crazy i'm like i don't have a business plan it's just i just know it i know this is going to work
0: and then and then a year later to you know yeah. uh, yeah. fast yeah. fast forward a couple of years and you're like okay we need to write one yeah <laughs> uh, uh, now we have other people involved that you know we yeah we need start a better plan yeah exactly I am the same way our company is um, you know we don't have a catch-all term so it's kind of like we look at we're small business consulting but people are like well what do you do and it's like well what do you need help with and we'll help you out and that's kind of we're kind of like we're problem solving mostly on the digital side but we don't ignore traditional offline stuff and so I I didn't write a business plan, but I advise a lot of people to. And we're now we're redoing it. We're redoing ours. Like, yeah, I've got it in my head. When you start out, you just have to keep going and keep building off that inertia and enthusiasm. But eventually, and this is kind of, I guess, a lesson to throw out there for anybody that's like wanting to start one. If you don't have a company yet, write a business plan, at least just start with the mission to be, the best utilization uh, company for offices uh, in industrial zones or whatever you, I don't know what y'all's mission statement is, but it starts there and then go, what are are y'all about? All right. We're, you know, that's that core value thing that we were talking about earlier. And so that thing about like, you, it's fun to start up and it's, it's like, oh, you find out no one does it like you y'all, you know, like no one has the service like y'all. And I I feel the same way about us. Like no one sits down, no one can talk nerd talk with small business owners. There's a wide gap between, hey, this is what a website does for you. This is your salesman uh, while you're sleeping. This is what represents you. Or here's what a Google ad is like. No, no, it doesn't cost billions of dollars. You can make that scalable. Those kind of things that I sit down and explain uh, really have a lot of value And I know no one else is really doing it like us Mm -hmm. on a holistic level and and like hippie philosophical. I'll just kind of throw that out there. But like for y'all, you mentioned your husband in the beginning and you have two, two kids, right?
1: Two daughters. Yes.
0: Two daughters. And so tell me about that work life part of when y'all were starting up and how it's different now. Oh God. Um, Well, we're, we'll. I'll give you a little bit of time because <laughs> we're about, we're about to have our first child uh, in two months, yeah. my wife and I. Oh, and good.
1: congratulations! Thank
0: That's you. Awesome. I did, I didn't do anything. She did yeah. all the work. Uh, and so, <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just there. Uh, just there. I was I was just around Thanksgiving morning, and so. Uh, but, but what I'm saying is, like, I'm I'm been busting my ass the last couple months, and I will until the kid's born to get our operations in order, uh, to get all our process flows as tight as I can get them, uh, to delegate out, uh, to coach people up that need to be coached up. Uh, we have a lot of preferred independent contractors. I want to talk to them about that, what they could get more involved in and all these things, because I know once the kid's born, I can't be pulling 16 to 20 hour days. Uh, well, you so, don't
1: want to, you don't want to.
0: No, I'm losing my mind slowly, but the, sometimes the podcast is like, oh, this is the only real uh, conversation I'll have all day sometimes. Cause uh, I, I talk through Slack and email half, half yeah. the time. So,
1: um, so, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, what I did and I mean, kind of my role has changed so much since we started the company because, you know, at first it was that whole marketing research and kind of vetting the concept and kind of trying to quantify it in, you know, words, what we were doing, and then it was helping to engage that initial channel partner, and then for like a good five or six years, it was really just maintaining that rapport with that, that customer, um, you know, I didn't, we didn't really dawn on us until, well, it did dawn on us, but we really didn't feel like we had the capacity to go out beyond that channel partner and sell directly until we had this really robust set of business case use cases um, within that customer. But then we also were able to inbound marketing. I mean, that was just revolutionary for us as a small business. Um, But as a, as a personally, how it affected me, is I mean I just made a decision to make it a priority, kind of like you did. That um, you know this is the the time frame with, within which I would work, and then I would go home and be present and be home. Um, but the internet facilitated a lot of work outside of that that I could control. And at that time they were young, so you know there was bedtimes, and you know there was opportunity to continue to work after the fact. Um, But as, um, you know, my kids always call it productive mom problems. Um, uh, Whenever I would be late to pick them up from carpool or, you know, not showing up to, you know, do the bake sale, I would just be like, I I just can't. But I think I, I did a pretty good job of just saying work. I'm leaving today at three. This is what I have to do. I need to be there for my kid. And my partner supported that. So we just created this culture where... And maybe because I demanded it for myself, that you know, I'm being a mother is a priority for me, and and I'm going to figure out how to make that my work work around that and encompass that.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, productive mom problems is a very sweet <laughs> way of putting it. Like yeah. my my sisters would be like, "You're late again. What's up?" Like they, <laughs> we got to go to the Gap. You're late. Like yeah. they would be rude kids most <laughs> of the time. But my thing was like, uh, that's a good. See like that that story is real sweet in the sense that you know I think it's really important, and i I've tried to think about this just listening to people smarter than I am, which i do i i don't I do that a lot in business. I don't have to reinvent everything. No. there's someone who's yeah. trying to listen to who's smarter and who's successful, and i I look at parenting a lot um and I guess maybe i'm uh, I'm obviously more conscious of it now than. I was when I was doing Jaeger bombs when I was twenty two. But aren't we? Uh, we? yes. <laughs> but I'm saying like a lot of that it, i think it's probably good for them to see you being uh being in a, a really hard worker because that sponges off.
1: And I, I couldn't agree more. My I felt like I had really accomplished something when my high school daughter last year, she's on this spirit committee at school and she's her and her group are responsible for, you know, decorating the school for the big football game. And the, the, their big arch rival, they decorate the whole school and they're up there every night, you know, till 10 o'clock at night doing all this decorating stuff. And, and one morning I had to take her to school and I, and, and I said, I'm sorry, Ellie, I can't, I can't be there till after work today. And she goes, oh, it's OK. She goes, I was talking to so-and-so's mom. Um, she was up there yesterday in the middle of the day helping. And she, and she said, and I said, what are you doing up here, Mrs. So-and-so? And she said, oh, you know, I wouldn't have anything else to do. I'd just be home reading a magazine, so I might as well be here. And she goes, mom, that's- I don't ever want to say that. Ever, ever, ever want to say that. And I was like, yes, I've accomplished something.
0: That's huge. <laughs> I, I I, that's super underrated. Like that is, I think, I think seeing, uh, I think kids knowing that you're out there They may not understand completely what your job is, you know, but the fact that they're like, oh, she's working to provide a better life for us. And if eventually as they get older, they'll be more conscious of you making, you know, almost tailoring your position to try to be there as much as you can. But I mean, obviously that's sometimes it's, it's, you're going to miss a softball game because Hey, we've got to, we've got to knock this thing out. We yeah. this is a bigger client than we've ever had, whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Uh, you know, I think that's important. That's an important thing. And I think it's like, I can't even fathom, like sitting at home and reading a magazine and being like, yeah, this is part of my day. Like I, yeah. I, if I'm reading something just casually right now, I'm like, I feel almost guilty that I'm not doing something else. It's, I know that's kind of not a great way to think, but, uh, but it always needs to be going towards something kind of, even if it's a fiction book I'm reading, it's like, well, you know, maybe I'll figure out how to write, uh, you know, a book or a funny novel or something like that. So, um, I don't know, that's the way my weird, uh, brain works, but I think that work life balance is super underrated and it kind of dovetails into, into you alls service. I mean, You're trying to figure out what's best for the company, for a lot of people, for a lot of companies. Is there any good stories that come out of like any good case study stories that, hey, this company used us and we found out that, you know, uh, here's what I used to do when I worked at Dimensional Fund Advisors in Santa Monica, which was uh, this is pre- pre-smartphones we're talking like or pre-me owning a smartphone so this mm-hmm. is like oh six I I'd print out Bill simmons's sports columns and then just chill in the bathroom and read the whole five thousand words <laughs> just so I could get like twenty minutes to no one Dear could bother God. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if I'm dark at my desk, you know, at this my my manager Dawn, she was cool, but she would be like Hey, what's, what's going on? Or, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to the bathroom like six times a day. I'm like, uh, IBS, <laughs> I have IBS. I, I don't read, know.
1: There was something I read yesterday about, oh, it was a blog we wrote. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I didn't write it, but somebody wrote it and I was reviewing it before we posted it. And it was about some company in the Baltic countries, I think Norway, that was tracking the amount of time you spent in the bathroom.
0: Yeah, I mean... No,
1: no lie. Like, if you were in there more than eight minutes, then some flashing light went off. That's horribly intrusive.
0: They're very precise. You can't... They've, they're they probably fine with it because they're just very precise over, over in that yeah. area. But yeah, uh, I feel like it, it'd be one of those things where um, you don't have to say, I'm in the bathroom currently, but it could be like, hey, you're not in any of the work environment areas for, you A know, certain amount to- of time.
1: 8 minutes, minutes though. 8
0: minutes. Good god. <laughs> eight, 8 would be quick for a lot of dudes. Uh it it's one of those things where is there any like any stories where y'all came in and kind of you know revolutionized how the office is utilized for any clients.
1: That's a that's that's you know I would be pretty bold in saying that that we did it because um it has to come from leadership if they really want to revolutionize their office.
0: So yeah, all I think right. that's, that might be, that, all right. you don't have to be honest. Maybe that's a little hyperbolic <laughs> the way I asked that. What, what's, what's a good story of y'all coming in and just improving.
1: Yeah. You know? Okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, okay. Because it, it's more than me, more than our technology. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, great examples of creating standards across the organization where before um, uh one particular customer um, outsourced all their corporate real estate facilities to a large real estate firm and they were using their in-house product and they were unable to get good HR data, they were unable to create a good integration routine with their HR so they never knew where anybody was. Um, they were unable to create a standard footprint across all the organization's locations of how to engage the facility, how to manage the facility. So there was a lot of, um, there was an inability to measure and track and report effectively about how they were doing for that customer and they were gonna lose the deal. And so they came to us and said, they love that we were a SaaS model because they had a global portfolio and they need to be able to manage everything in that one central portfolio and they wanted a standard operating platform for all their locations. They needed for it to be very seamlessly integrated. They didn't want to have to ride on the network and go through all that IT. And then um, the other big piece was being able to e- easily integrate. I mean, we turn integrations into two week projects. I mean, this is not a big deal. I mean, we we can uh, expose our API. Um, we have standards. You know, we're not trying to nickel and dime customers to get data or post data back to their systems so we completely changed the face of how this particular real estate company can provide services and they kept the business and we are now they're a great partner because they're really embracing new things like um, currently we are looking at um well we've added modules we had you know i think four to start with and we've added um package tracking um, we, um, are in the process of testing out iBeacons through Estimote for all their conference rooms. So they're embracing new ways of, uh, capturing data and pulling it into our platform. Um, we are looking at integrating their energy optimization system, um, so that we can take energy data and compare that to occupancy data to meaning, come, meaning, create.
0: Meaning customer. like, uh, uh utility? utility?
1: Yes. Yeah, like energy use, real-time, electricity. How, you know, what electricity, what's the rate of burn in, you know, zones, floors, buildings, and then comparing that to occupancy so you can understand, okay, why is this floor running high when the occupancy's at 50% or whatever? So it just gives them new and different ways of looking at how they're managing their space. So anyway, they've become a very... My point in saying all that is because they've become a very proactive customer. They bring stuff to us. Have you looked at this? This is a cool thing. Can we integrate this? Or, And and one suggestion they had last week, I was like, oh, well, we can do this in our application. You can do it this way. And he's like, oh, I never thought about it. So it's just created a good collaborative partnership because they bring us ideas and they let us test it out in their facility.
0: Yeah, I, I, I learn a lot, I from, a my lot from my clients. And um, and, um, I think that's, I think valuable, that's valuable to take that. take that. A lot of people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. We'll figure it out. But uh, no, no, no. These
1: people know what they're doing. I love their ideas.
0: What about, how about this? Um, have you, I'm kind of obsessed with WeWork offices, the co-share office. <laughs> Me too. By. Yeah. Is that is that like something y'all are monitoring monitoring wow. uh, Well,
1: I mean, I, I mean, it would be a goal of mine to be the workplace management platform for the co-working vertical. I mean, I think that that is a huge um, uh, business sector that is untouched by folks like me. And we do have one customer um, that um, is a co-working space that very small. Um, But there's so many of these sort of, they're like technology incubator, co-working spaces. And I think WeWork is, is ideal. And I know my technology would fit in there. And I've been working it, but I just haven't been successful yet.
0: Well, I know like law firms, like small law firms are starting to pick up that model. I just had a conversation with a buddy that wants to start an office building, but just have the overhead of, keeping someone there to handle the internet when it goes down and handle the copier and all that and, and just routine maintenance and just he didn't want to do to it. it yeah he just, just wants front. to start. yeah yeah let's let's get five different lawyers that cover different categories of law and you know we'll we'll share that one person that we need instead of of some, like each one of them having to have an assistant do that stuff or themselves well, and it,
1: which, which says that the co-working space needs tools because they're the ones providing all that. So they need technology to do it all.
0: Right. And so like uh, there's another model, which if you go back an episode for Sweat Equity Podcast and go back to the one with Jenny Wolf, uh, Sola Salon Studios might be a good kind of, that salon studio concept might be great for y'all because mm-hmm. I know they're always trying to figure out there's 270 locations, and they're about 5,000 square feet, give or take, and they're always trying to figure out what's the best way to utilize the space, what's the best way to like get those energy costs down, mm-hmm. um, the best use of, uh, of the layout and all that stuff. So I know those are popping up. They're the Kleenex of that category, but I know there's another... Uh, gaggle of uh competitors they have. So yeah. I we're seeing this model kind of open up where everybody doesn't need you know, you don't need that badass office that's just wasting space or getting they,
1: or that you can't commit to financially cuz you don't know if what you're doing is going to perpetuate and make enough money to sign a long-term lease.
0: Yeah, I mean the our office uh like looks somewhere between like a hipster kraken barrel behind us but but like uh i know like i wanted to use this room as a conference room and a podcast studio and i tell people I was like yeah just if you want to do your podcast out of here this isn't an open invitation for anybody listening but uh but <laughs> i'm like yeah if you want to record out of here if you're in the area and you want to use the spot we're not using it by all means i i don't I don't like that waste of like, Hey, I'm not going to be here, you know, uh, in the middle of the night, if you want to swing by and use the spot, we thought about
1: doing that. We just added, we're in a a loft and so it's all open office and we had two and we just expanded into three. And when we were expanding, we thought, Oh, you know, we're not going to fill that up. Let's, you know let's walk the talk. Let's let's open it up and share the space with people that need it. Particularly because we have a pretty good robust population of developers and it and to integrate that community so that we could p- potentially hire these people and attract these people to work for us. But we we filled up the space so fast that we never did it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good so, problem to have. Exactly. Uh, I and yeah, and that that was going to be the last thing I was going to ask you was uh, you know, I find a lot of I find I can connect with a lot of uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs because we're going through a lot of the same stuff. And I, you know, we just celebrated uh, one trip around the sun a couple weeks ago. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, but, But like what I, what I talked to him about, what I realized in this year is that a, oh, there's, there's something about um, there's something isola- isolating about trying to start your own idea. And I, I would be a sounding board a lot of the time. Hey, am I crazy for wanting to do this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. It's weird. If we market towards this target market, that's not really in our sector, you know, like, because you don't, you, if you have employees, it's sometimes it's hard to get that. You want to show that you're the leader kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like one small thing I've picked up. I feel like I get, I get a lot of ideas for our clients because we're going through some of the same growing pains or we've already been through them or I know it's ahead of us or whatever. And that kind of parallel thinking we're trying to take care of processes by using Asana for project management and then syncing that over to our freelancer stuff with harvest and time tracking and then syncing that with QuickBooks and all, all these things that, you know, we want to uh, limit, reduce the amount of waste, basically. Sure. And so, and that's time. And so, have y'all found a lot of stuff organically that you implemented uh, along the way? Like, you're like, just like you just talked about, hey, we had this loft space um, and we were going to walk the walk. Is there anything along the way y- y- y'all found, oh, we should be doing this? We should be adding this to our service because. Uh, we have a problem with this internally.
1: Yeah. Um, we're trying to, there's a development term and I'm going to butcher this. It's dog fooding it. What's it called?
0: Dog like, fooding it? it? Well, Is it's, that, it, I'm it, screwing it, it's, it up.
1: It's something about, it has something to do with dog food. And, and it's the concept of, um, of, whatever we're pr- promoting to our customers as solutions, we test here first. Now, in terms of scale, we're much smaller, but it really doesn't matter. I mean, we we have the same, like you said, we have the same challenges, maybe just on a different scale as big companies. Mm-hmm. You know, we receive packages, we have assets to track, we have um, different types of spaces, we have people coming in and out of the spaces at different times, we want to know how frequently our, our conference rooms are being used, we want to know how our energy is being optimized because we're here all different times of day and we want to better regulate that. So we're implementing all those solutions for ourselves so that when we talk to our customers, we can say, well, here's an example of how we've done this for ourselves, uh, ourself. And um, so we're not just saying this is going to work. We're making it work for, for us in a very small scale but the customer can comprehend it, understand it, and relate it to their own environment when they've seen it working for us does that make sense is that a- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'll, I'll help you form that it, okay. um, it it's going to be dog fooding it i'm going to try to No,
1: there's a word <laughs> There I'm, is. A- <laughs>
0: I'm. i've got a headline of show tonight so i'm going to try to use that on stage no
1: hang hang on i'm going to ask i'm going to before i'm going <laughs> to ask what it what it means
0: but you're, you're trying to say like um you know, it's gonna, don't be that, the real estate developer, a residential real estate developer that builds shitty homes, but lives in a nice one that they didn't build. Exactly. Like, uh, be, go through the experience. Y'all are the Guinea pig. Y'all are the, uh, the beta testers or alpha testers or whatever it is. And then, you know, you can probably, uh, what an ancillary benefit of that is probably you're able to, explain it a lot better because now you have a storyline of like, Hey, we went through this. Here's what we did. I think this could work. You guys are 20 times our size, but I, I still think in these small clusters it could work in a similar way.
1: Exactly. And I mean, it's, it's a little harder because most of the companies that we sell to are not small businesses. They are, they really need to be larger in order to warrant uh, investment in a platform like ours. Um, but i also think that our approach is um, is is very solution oriented come on let's you know let's figure this out map it out let's come up with the best solution if we're not the right technology fit let's go figure it out and let's integrate it let's figure out how it collaborates so i think just that we have an overall culture of wanting to provide solutions i don't want to just you know, implement and leave them because I want to continue, if I'm going to continue to grow my business, I can't do it in spite of my customers. I have to do it along with them and continue to make them better in order to grow.
0: Yeah. And that, I don't I'll do a callback, which is, you know, don't have stoner ideas, have solutions. And yeah. That's kind of where y'all are at. Uh, thanks for doing this. This is uh, a, wasn't, I- so, wasn't so bad, right? No, it was
1: great. It was a lot of fun. I hope it was, you know, helpful to somebody.
0: Well yeah, I mean it's it I think just listening to people that just like we were talking about with your kids, I think you know li- constantly listening to like realistic advice and realistic, you know, this is not a formal interview by any means. Uh and that's the point of it because we didn't want to do the Tim Ferriss stuff. We want to we want to yeah. have a uh, real talk as I'm yeah. I'm probably too white to say, but um real talk is That's why this podcasting is great. People are listening to this while they're jogging or they're, you know, doing laundry. It's passive, it's passive listening while they're doing something else. So, but I think it's good affirmation. I think it's good reiteration of like, okay, stay, stay on my goals. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, thanks for doing it. And
1: uh, it was nice to meet you. And sorry about the fifteen-minute startup problems. It's all good. It's it's par for the course. And good luck with your newborn.
0: Uh, trip, uh, trip, thanks you, uh, Trip Smith, thanks trip. you.
1: Trip Smith, mm-hmm. Welcome, mm-hmm. Trip. Soon, take care. All right, see ya. Bye, bye.